With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hugh Millen joining us right, right. now on the radio show. Good transition, Jacob. Proud of you. That was well done. You know what? What's in the past is in the past. All right. From now on, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's smooth sailing, and you're a badass mother chicken producer. How's that sound? Remember what Bill Murray said? Right. What about Bob? Starting right now. Baby steps. That's right. right. Baby, Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps to the front door. Baby steps to the bathroom. <laughs> Baby steps to Hugh Millen, who joins us right now on the radio program. How are you, pal? What's going on? Yeah, you better be good with Jason, or he'll go Jason on you. Well, his name is Jacob, but yeah, no, that's fine. Oh well, yeah. that too. <laughs> Jacob. You know what? Hey, maybe that's the problem. Well, we've been calling him the wrong name. His name's Jason. Jesus. What the hell? And you know what? That. If it's not Jason, I'm calling you Jason from now on. How's that? Because Jacob ain't working. Well, it's like an alter ego. He, yes. He has to earn the right to be Jacob. Exactly. Jacob ain't working. From now on, you're Jason until you prove that you're worthy of being called Jacob on the radio program. All right. Softy Dick and Jason until 7 o'clock tonight. <laughs> Joined by our friend Hugh Millen. All right. So Pete Carroll comes out yesterday, Dewey. Uh, and says Drew Locke is the starting quarterback for the game on Thursday. I feel sorry for you, Frosty. And then an hour later, they announce he's got COVID and Geno Smith is going to start. How about that? Well, a couple directions. First of all, kind of the uh, the plan. I don't know where you want to go with, uh, first with the... Go uh, wherever the you rea- want. Well, I, you know, look, COVID, it, it's unfortunate. I, at, at this juncture, I think anybody who tries to glean conclusions about a guy's lifestyle or how he's doing or blame on COVID. I just think that's really foolish. Although there's some people I know that are trying to do that. Um, I don't buy that. I, I, it, it just is what it is. It's the league policy. I, I think my stronger opinion just has to do with the reaction to Carol standing before the media and saying this was the plan all along. Mm-hmm. And this to is start, something to that start locked tomorrow. Right. Yeah. yeah because what I'm left with on this is that you had, I believe, 12 practices in minicamp and OTAs. Um, if I'm off, I might be off by one. And then you've had, you've had 13 practices. Now there's a couple that have been closed. So Monday was a closed practice, but basically I think we can, we can say there's been 25 practices, give or take one or two at the most that Geno Smith has been this, the number one quarterback. And there's been two now, you count the Monday, two practices that the plan was there would be two practices for Drew Locke before they started him, uh, after the Pittsburgh game and a, and a you know, three time zone tr- flight back and then a Thursday game. And that was their plan. That was the plan all along. And it just, look, I, I respect the heck out of Pete Carroll, but he's not. Beyond reproach, in my opinion, he makes mistakes just like everybody does. Mm-hmm. I think it's misguided. I think that it, it's 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 decidedly an uncompetition, and in fact, to the point that I would say that it it looks as if somebody had a bet with him. Like, how can you conduct a non-quarterback competition, but actually maybe fool most of the people in the community into thinking that it's an actual competition? To me, it's a complete fraud. 
And there's two words that I'm just I'm getting away from. Number one is student athletes. I, I'm I'm <laughs> done with that word. That is code for me for administrators and and uh, college football trying to tell you that they care about the uh, student part of the athletes. They don't care. And then the other part is competition yeah. with the Seattle Seahawks because wow. this is, as I said, to me, it's a complete uncompetition. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but let me just play devil's advocate for a second and, and support Pete Carroll. What if his plan all along was to do what he did with Geno Smith and now do what he was going to do with Drew Locke for a good week and a half, two-week stretch, but COVID got in the way? Is that still not a competition? Well, I, I think that all along, first of all, you say, I would ask you, how many coaches in all the decades that you've been watching quarterback competitions do it this way. So that ought to make you ponder for a second. And then when you consider just, uh, just the decided, um, retard, uh, retarding of the development of Drew Locke with the receivers, if he's going to win it, he, he ought to have been given the opportunity and, and you got a couple things in play here. Number one, you know, there were reports that Drew Locke didn't play well yesterday. Well, that, that is so predictable. I, I mean, the COVID part notwithstanding, you know, I don't even know how to uh, ascribe any of that to, uh, to COVID. But uh, even if you remove that, the, the pressure that guys are under when you finally get that, that opportunity is like, okay, I'm going to prove that I'm worthy of this. You create that as a, as a coach. You've got Pete Carroll, who is a defensive back in college. You've got, You've got uh, uh, Shane Waldron, who was a tight end and long snapper in college. He's the offensive coordinator. You've got uh, and Danny Canales, the quarterback coach. He was a wide receiver and defensive back. Yeah, Kerry Joseph's on the staff as an assistant QB, and he, he was a QB at one point of time, but he was a four-year safety for the Seahawks. I mean, there's no voice in there saying, saying look at the the, the – type of cohesion you need to have with the receivers that is a delicate process and you got to build that and when you're in the pocket and you can in your vision you got guys in your face you don't see guys you don't see dk mech he'll he'll disappear behind a helmet for a second tyler lockett certainly will and and you've you just got to have that that uh all those reps where you build up okay i know how he uh accelerates out of his routes i know the angle that he takes i know how long it takes him to slow down on a comeback so i know um where to rip it so you go and and you deprive a guy of those reps yeah then you throw him in there on on a 25 to 2 disadvantage in practice um that's not a competition well, the coaching staff you're talking about kind of reminds me of last year's Husky coaching staff where they had a former defensive back as their offensive coordinator in John yeah. Donovan. I mean, I don't yeah. know. How much sense does that make? I mean, you know, you wake up in the morning, you hit the can, you brush your teeth, you put your clothes on, go to work, and you have a quarterback coaching quarterbacks in the NFL. Is that not an obvious thing? Well, I... I don't want to say that there's not good coaches out there who have not played quarterback, although they generally have some background. You know, even, even in a small college, you know, Mike Shanahan was like, I don't Western Kentucky or something. Even if you're a backup, you know, Gruden was a backup at Dayton College or something, you know, but just some background, I, th- I think helps. I don't want to say that, that it's an absolute necessity, but it's again, when I see decisions like this where they say it's the plan. And then we also heard from, from Carol, he said, 
that uh, Gino deserved the opportunity. And I just scratched my head. I mean, I'm going to give you a, a list of guys right now. I want you to tell me what they have in common. Ready? Mm-hmm. Nick Mullins, Jeff Driscoll, Chase Daniel, Nate Sudfeld, Kyle Allen, Tim Boyle, mm-hmm. and Chase Daniel. Mm-hmm. What do you think those guys have in common? Well, I know what they have in common because we talked about it yesterday. What so was it? You we tell did? people. Go ahead. Go ahead. Me? Yeah. Uh, uh, what Those are guys that signed this year, just like Gino, but all one-year contracts, just like Gino, and every single one of the guys that I just mentioned got double or more than double, in some cases five or six times as much guaranteed money, and that's what every guy in a contract is is really focused on. What's the guaranteed money? Wow. And I mean, and, and or or put it another way, Kirk Cousins is he just signed a, de- a one year deal this year. Now that that eighty six million dollar whatever was fully guaranteed that made all the news a few years ago, that contract expired. He was a free agent this year. He was a coach killer. Mike Zimmer is no longer the Viking coach. He was a coach killer. And he signed a one-year deal this year for $35 million. Geno's at $3.5 million. Kirk Cousins got 10 times as much money in the same deal for a one-year deal as a guy uh, anticipated as, well, in this, his case, obviously, he's the starter at, at Minnesota. But, I mean, think of that. The market is speaking. And, and yet... This guy is given, and, and I'm not, I'm not anti-Geno. Honest to God, I'm not anti-Geno. I'm not pro-lock. I, I'm pro-competition. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it bothers me that it's not 50-50 because here Geno, he should have been given a, a middle cubicle and he was given a corner office. And, and just to see this, just, just shake my head. And then I hear Carol say, well, he deserved on the basis of what? The Saint, the uh, Saint game in Pittsburgh, he had back-to-back games as as a starter against decent competition, whereas QBR was under twenty-six. Yeah, mm-hmm. what? Why not? And then and then he kind of restores it against Jacksonville. Who cares about Jacksonville? All right. Well, uh, Hugh, how would you? By the way, I'm getting concerned about Hugh because your voice is starting to crack. And when the voice yeah, when the yeah. voice starts to crack, then the blood vessels start to pop, mm-hmm. and then Mount Millen erupts, and the whole thing melts. Oh, so yeah. just. I, 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 I got to have you take a breath, man. You're, you're not 40 years old anymore, pal. All right. <laughs> we want to keep you. you. Yeah. I, l- l- let me ask you this then, Hugh. How would you compare whatever the worth that Drew Locke starting this next game was going to be? Whatever worth and influence it is, how do you compare that to the worth of reps that he will get over the next week when he comes back from COVID and presumably starts in the third preseason, a game against who knows, maybe first stringers, maybe second, maybe third stringers? Yeah, it's a good question, and I don't know how they're going to approach this particular year. Of course, last year was the first year where three preseason games, but you had Russell Wilson, so it was a little bit more predictable in the structure. Uh, this year, you know, you say, okay, is the third preseason game, is that more the third preseason game, or is it more the last preseason game? Well, it's both, right? And we know what the characteristics of the last preseason game have, have been for a number of years now, which is basically just a mail it in. You know, it's like, it's like playing the, the not even the JV team. It's like playing the freshman team at a high school. So, so how are they going to approach that, that final preseason game? I don't know. Uh, is it possible that Locke comes back? He, he gets all the reps. They want to play all of the guys. 
and then and then if he plays well enough, then yeah. he's he gets the 16 days after that to to start and prepare for Denver. Yeah, that could happen. Right. I wouldn't right. want to bet my house it wouldn't happen, no. but but based on just the 25 to two discrepancy that you have to this point, mm-hmm. the nuances of a quarterback trying to get on the same page with the receivers, you know, even, even like the, the, um, the line issue the other day, mm-hmm. uh, the, on, on Locke's fumble, uh, you, you know, in looking at that, that's a pretty vanilla deal. It's like a hey, three to the left, two to the right. Uh, you know, just if it's a five out protection, get the center going that way. It's real simple or keep the back in. Right. And usually that type of stuff is, is done with the center on a lot of teams. Uh, you know, d- different teams have different philosophies. So, so I don't want to um, wade into to lanes uh, outside of my own in that regard. But I'm just saying my reaction is that that should have been pretty simple, right? And well, you know, you know, uh, and and so maybe there's a communication piece that they're missing as well. Yeah, I just think again, we talked about this before with you as well. That I think the idea of Drew coming in after Geno sets him up for maybe a little bit less pressure, maybe a little bit more success. So. We'll see what happens in that regard. But Hugh Millen's with us. And, uh, man, bad news on Ken Walker. He's got uh, Pete Carroll says it's not a core muscle thing. Ian Rappaport, though, says it is a hernia, but not what you and I would refer to as a sports hernia. And the plan is, if things go well, to have him play week one. Well, I would hope the plan is to have him play week one. The plan is, if things are going well, we're going to sit him until the middle of the year. Uh, how concerning is this that you got a guy like Kenny Walker who already is having issues with the uh, – the groin area, I guess. Uh, I think one injury doesn't have me concerned. I mean, I think it's, right now it's just unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is not like CJ Procise or I mean, I think we've been bit by this and and Rashad Penny and what have you uh, injuries to running backs. But um, and you know Chris Carson and the and the premature retiring. So I get it. We're we're a little bit frazzled. But as of now, you know. Kenneth Walker, he took a, a heck of a workload at Michigan State, you know, in a significant conference. And um, until I see a couple more injuries, I, I'm not concerned. I think the most important thing is just make sure he's 100% so you don't exasperate that. Right. Uh, exasperate for sure. That. For sure. Hugh, how many legitimate NFL wide receivers do the Seahawks have on their roster and who should have the third most targets? Yeah, not sure. Um, obviously, they have two real good ones. Uh, D. Eskridge, I think, is a wild card right now. There's a, a big old capital I for incomplete on his grade sheet right now. We just need to see more of him. And and uh, Goodwin is a candidate. Um, you know, they, they got a couple of young guys now that – you know, are, are kind of pushing out the, uh, the younger guys from a couple of years back, the Penny Hearts and the, uh, and the Freddie Swains. Those guys seem like, okay, you were given an opportunity. Uh, you didn't really emerge. So now we'll, we'll take a couple guys in the late rounds and let them try it. Uh, so until somebody emerges, Dick, it, it's, it's absolutely concerned because I believe every team in the NFL, and I've been looking at this for 20 years. And I don't think 2021 is any difference, but I, I could say every team in the NFL throws more out of three receivers sets than any other number of receivers. You know, statistics, they call that mode. You say, well, you know, 21 personnel is basic personnel, uh, uh, two backs, one tight end, and which leaves two receivers. Well, teams don't operate out of that. Okay. What about 12 personnel? That's one running back, two tight ends, two receivers. Uh, yeah. Teams. Do, do that more frequently, but not as much as all of the, the three receivers sets that we see. And that's every team in the league. And certainly right, it was right. the Rams with, uh, with Shane Waldron down there and, and the Seahawks. So they had, just think of it like this, guys. 
The third receiver is a starter. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what next Wednesday is, by the way? Any idea what next Wednesday is? The day after next Tuesday. Wow. Yeah, and the day, day before yeah, I, Thursday as well. Uh, next, I wanted to get the answer right, but go next, ahead. Well, you did get that right. Next Wednesday is the day that we know the uh, finalist, uh, the uh, coach contributor category oh, okay. for the Hall All of right. Fame. Uh, they came out with the three uh, senior committee members today, uh, Chuck Howley, uh, Joe Klecko, and one more uh, off the top of my head. Not sure who it was, but there's three of them today. Klecko was one of them. Uh, Mike Holmgren's in that final group, right, of uh, of uh, of people, along with Rune Aldridge, Robert Kraft, Mike Shanahan, Dan Reeves. So, you know, we could be a week away from finding out if Mike Holmgren's made the Hall of Fame. And I know that you agree that he belongs in there, but Deion Sanders came out the other day, your former teammate, and said, there's too many damn people in the Hall of Fame, says primetime. What do you think? Uh, well, two subjects there. First of all, uh, I we only tend have to... Two, we only have two hours left, by the way. Just okay. So you know. <laughs> all right. Well, I tend to agree with with Dion, I, I thought this was kind of an underwhelming draft class. Um, they're exponentially better football players than I ever was, but I, I just never felt like any of the guys you read down the list where you go, Oh, okay. That's gotta, uh, that guy's gotta be in there. So there could be some truth to what Dion's saying. As for Mike Holmgren, if you take, um, uh, I've got a, a spreadsheet I just pulled up here. If you take the 28 coaches in the hall of fame. Now I think that, that Dick Vermeil has been added since I did this spreadsheet. But okay, mm-hmm. so just just take that. But but what I'm reading from here, and I say, okay, there's 28 coaches, and say, okay, what are if Mike Holmgren was in that group? Like if we just said for the sake of the discussion, let's put Holmgren in the group and say where does he rank on some important statistics? Uh, well, he would be in terms of wins. Uh, so obviously now with 28, if you're in the top. 14, you're in the, uh, uh, you're, you're in the top half. So wins, he'd be at 13th, uh, win loss, uh, let's see, games over 500, uh, no, 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 years in the playoff, 12, uh, games in the playoffs, eighth, wins in the playoffs, seventh, um, win, win loss percentage in the playoffs, 12th, um, the best ranking, uh, he would be second, uh, in terms of games in the conference, uh, championship game, he'd be third. And, um, so he, he, there's just a lot of, a lot of numbers that he would be in the top, uh, you know, the top half. Yeah. yeah. Well, he deserves it. No doubt. We're going to find out in a week. Hopefully the answer is yes. You can come on down to Canton, Ohio, Mike, and find a home for a while. All right, Huey. Great stuff, man. Let's talk Friday after the Bears game. All right. Thanks, man. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.